RPM. Indigenous. Music. Culture. Check one, check two. How do you do? RPM FM. Indigenous music culture. Revolutions per minute. My name is Oz12 and I'm on the line with... My name is uh, M.O. The government knows me as uh, Moshe Folger. I'm originally from a place called Frobisher Bay, Northwest Territories. Both those places don't exist anymore. It's now called Iqaluit Nunavut. I'm uh, part Inuk and part Brooklynite. And I'm a hip-hop artist living in Ottawa now. Oh, nice, 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 man. Um, How has your indigenous culture inspired your music creation? Well, I started out as a spoken word artist, getting up on stage, uh, just me and my voice in the audience. And uh, I thought I was doing kind of a forward-thinking thing for as far as Native, as far as Inuit were going. Uh, until I thought about it a little bit and I realized, well, our whole history was brought down, given down and passed down through the ages. Uh, with It was an oral history. So I, I realized I was just kind of continuing on that oral tradition, you know, telling stories and keeping, uh, keeping the ideas inside the Inuit head out in the public using the same traditions that uh, basically helped us survive and uh, thrive in the Arctic, which is a pretty harsh place to uh, to live. So, I mean, that oral tradition. And then the the, the music that came in the Arctic, the uh, drum dancing, the, uh, the throat singing, it's all very rhythmic. And uh, as soon as I started thinking about making music to go with my spoken word, maybe start rapping a little bit, it became pretty easy to start making beats because I think, you know, over thousands of years in the Arctic, that, that drum, that very rhythmic, repetitive drum and the throat singing and the, the music that came out of the Arctic is very uh, lends itself very well to hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. Your your website is inakhiphop.com. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Inuk hip-hop scene? Well, uh, basically for a long time it was only in Greenland. There's uh, been a group since the 80s over in Greenland called Nuke Posse, rapping in uh, Kalasi, which is the, the dialect of Inuktitut that they speak in Greenland. Okay. Uh, in the last little last few years, there's been a few uh, Inuit artists coming out of Nunavut, where I'm from, northern Quebec. Uh, you know, young young kids coming up. Uh, on my current release, String Games, I have two, uh, actually two Inuit. One's, uh, she's a young MC, really making waves, really making a name for herself. Her name's Shauna. She was, uh, she's going to be in Yellowknife coming up. She was just uh, traveling around Nunavut doing her thing. And another kid named uh, Hyper T. So basically, the you know, hip hop scene in Canada is is just starting, and uh, you know, I've been I was a writer of different kinds in the past, so I'm a bit of a elder statesman, let's say, in the uh, Inuit hip hop community. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's starting out, and it's uh, really exciting. Some really talented MCs. That's great. We all need our trailblazers in every scene that we have around Turtle Island. Yeah, for sure. Uh, growing up, what were your major musical influences? Well, uh, in my household, there was a lot of kind of 70s blues. And, you know, my, my father listened to a lot of Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, one of my favorite CDs growing up was, uh, was a CD called Dixie Chicken by uh, Little Feet. It's uh, just a classic, classic uh, 70s kind of bluesy rock like that. And uh, when I was growing up, I grew up in a small, I mean, right now it's the metropolitan area in Nunavut, you know, with a whole 7,000 people there. 
So uh, when I was growing up, you know, it was like 1,500, 2,000 people. And I started hearing hip hop, rap. So, you know, I had uh, in, uh, in the late 80s, I started getting whatever I could at the store. Uh, Kumo D, he was my favorite because my name's Mo, you know, so it was like, yeah, I, I felt that Kumo D, you know, Salt and Pepper, uh, I had a JJ Fad Tap uh, tape, you know, uh, Supersonic, they had a song, Fergie sampled that. So, you know, whatever I could get, sorry, my uh, Eagle text message over here. <laughs> I was wondering if I could hear an <laughs> Eagle in the background there. <laughs> yeah, I got an Eagle and a Crow. So, uh, so, um, so you know, the, the old school uh, hip hop that I could hear was pretty uh, commercial, but moved down to Vancouver when I was uh, going into grade eight, and that's when I started hearing all the, all the, uh, the hip hop artists, the rap, the, the lyricists that, I, that I, I feel are really, you know, helped me, helped shape me as a rapper. You know, I mean, <clears throat> as, a, as, a, as a violinist, you don't just start making violin songs, you know, starting out. You learn the masters, you learn how it's done, you, you practice, you get, you know, uh, Vivaldi, you get it perfect the way that he wanted it, you know. So as a rapper, I think growing up listening to the Jizza, uh, CeeLo from Goody Mob was one of my favorite rappers, listening to these guys and learning their verses and getting the flow right and getting the breath and, you know, how they did it and learning how to do it that way. Uh, I think is really how what you know what led me to be the more kind of lyrical rapper that I am. Right. It seems like traveling to the big smoke is where you start to hear the different levels of um, hip hop music for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, can you tell us about your experiences traveling to native communities doing music? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've had the uh, in my short hip hop career, I've had a, an opportunity to be able to travel up to northern Quebec share my music up there. I'm going, uh, I was up in Inuvik in 09, just before uh, Eskimo Centricity, my first CD came out. Uh, sharing my music up there, doing shows, you know, I had a, I was, had a spot in a teepee where people could come in and just kind of have on-demand poetry or hip-hop. Uh, going up to uh, Inuvik later this month, actually, with uh, Geothermal MC, my uh, rhyme partner out there in Vancouver. We're going up to Inuvik. We're going to be running a couple of workshops uh, two workshops over three days, just uh, the basics of beat making and and rapping. And I think it's uh, as as a as an Inuk artist, you know, I think it's important. I, I have a conscious idea of what hip hop should be, you know. And I mean, like, there's all there's room for all kinds of hip hop. And uh, I think I, I, being a more uh, conscious, you know, I don't want to say intellectual, but you know, I put I put thought and I have uh, you know a little bit more. It's not so much party music, which of course we need you know when we're partying but i think it, it's important to to have all kinds of aspects of modern inuit culture being shared and grown in the grassroots you know so every chance i get around here in ottawa there's a lot of uh there's a lot of inuit about thousand inuit here in ottawa which would make it maybe the third or fourth biggest town if it was up north you know so i get to do a lot of workshops around here with the kids around here so it's uh, I mean, it's exciting. It's fun. And and uh, seeing the young rappers coming up, you know, with a more of a conscious feel, you know, I, I feel like being a trailblazer of, as Nunavut rap. Uh, it's nice to see uh, some of the rappers coming out with some more uh, intelligent stuff. Yeah, it's important to grab the youth at a young age from this uh, overtly commercial kind of gangster stuff that's kind of uh, 
saturating our, our, our listening pathways right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I'm, like I said, I'm an elder statesman, so I've, I've been listening to hip-hop since the early 90s, and I really look at, you know, 91 to 98 as the golden age. You know, some people start a little earlier, you know, but, uh, you know, those rappers, that, that music, when it was, when you had the goodie mob on much music, you know, it, it wouldn't happen anymore. I mean, you have CeeLo, but that's a different story, you know. But uh, <laughs> I've seen the hip hop in general kind of become commercialized. You know, guys like T-Pain and, uh, you know, Lil Wayne. You know, there's a spot for that in the clubs and stuff. But you're right, the, the saturation of that kind of style is uh, maybe needs a little bit of balancing out in, in Inuit hip hop and maybe in native hip hop in general in Canada. I feel like I can maybe balance it out on that side a little bit. I know that dealing with uh, working with workshops and youth right now, there's this whole kind of entity about, um, you know, hip hop or rap music in general right now is really based about who has the most money, who's putting the most money into their stuff. So I know coming from a smaller community, you must deal with this part about repatriating music back to youth that don't have a lot of money and giving that art back. Can you talk a little bit more about the workshops and how you how you go about doing that? Yeah, I mean... The, the thing about uh, modern technology is like, yeah, you need a little bit of money to start up, but you don't need a huge studio anymore, you know. And, and coming from a place like Nunavut where the whole territory, never mind the, just the Inuit population, the whole territory is smaller than, you know, the neighborhood that I live in in Ottawa. You know, it's smaller than, uh, it's smaller than the downtown east side, you know, population-wise. So you got to understand there's not a lot of resources, there's no studio, there's no proper studio, you know, there's no production companies. There's so, no Long and McQuaid. <laughs> well, exactly. There's, I mean, the best you can do is, you know, go down to the uh, Northwest company store and get like a Casio keyboard or something, you know. But if you have an, if you have a laptop, you know, you can have Pro Tools or Ableton Live or uh, you know, if you have an Apple, some other stuff, I don't use Apple, so I don't know what they are. But, you know, you, you can have a pretty powerful little machine sent to you. And so to be able to kind of uh, adapt your thinking of what your music should be. I mean, I, I, I'm totally independent. Like I produced all my own stuff, not, not just the music, but money wise, you know, I've got the money from certain places to be able to press the CDs, you know, and it's, it's the ethic of being able to be not, of not being dependent. I don't want to th say independent because that has connotations in hip hop, but not being dependent on someone else's, uh, let's say their beats or somebody else's money to, uh, get, to get your CDRs made. So I think giving that ethic from the base, I mean, Inuit hip hop needs to evolve the way hip hop mm -hmm. did. Hip hop, when hip hop started in the late seventies, early eighties, it was dirty. It was in the parks. It was scratching. It was, you know, it was, it was rugged. And you got to accept that at the start, there's going to be a little bit more grime on on the product. A little, you know. So it's it's important to understand that this is the start for Inuit hip hop. And in a small place like Nunavut, the start is maybe going to be. Just a little bit. Uh, I mean, the the roads are all dirt. You know what yeah. I mean. So everything that comes from up there is gonna have that dirt road feel. Yeah, I remember recording on um, karaoke machines on one tape. Put that tape in the playback. Put another tape in. Do the overdubs and repeat till you got a nice backup sound. You know. 
Oh man, I, I mean, when I was in the late 90s, I had a four track pass cam. That must have been luxury. Like if you had that, you would have been in luxury land, you know, four tracks. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then you play it in a normal tape deck and there's backwards tracks on the other side. And stuff. Yeah. 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 These kids have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> right now. Ampex 456. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, the Tascam that I had, I saw, funnily enough, somewhere, they made a iPad app that looks almost exactly like it. So you right, can record five track, four track. You can pretend you're old school. <laughs> pretend, yeah. Um, what kind of thoughts do you have about this whole labeling of Aboriginal music? Uh, some people say it's this double-edged sword. Some people think it's a curse. Some people think it's a blessing. What thoughts do you have upon that? Um, I think it's different. I mean, I mean, everything that I that I do uh, native-wise is going to be different compared to uh, yourself as a as a hip-hop artist or you know somebody coming out of Saskatchewan or something like that, because there really was this open arms like nothing was coming out nothing had ever come out from Inuit rap in Canada until 2009 my, I released that CD so there was just you know almost you could I could have produced almost anything and it would have been you know taken in and 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 looked at and accepted as Inuit hip-hop uh, so they I mean there's that positive aspect to it the other positive aspects I mean on string games I got to work with someone who I feel is not just not just as a rapper but as a Canadian uh, Aboriginal musician I think Kinney Star is just I mean like I met her and she came and recorded in our tiny little one uh, one sheet rock layer of a uh, little sound booth that we had set up temporarily and she was just super chill and you know it, I got to have that I've been listening to her music for a long time and to meet her and she's just this most chill chick and and just brought the brought the track that she's on just to a whole nother level and I would I don't think I'd be able to do that if I was just some you know some kid in uh, Toronto you know some white kid or something trying to make hip-hop so there's that aspect where you know there's I have uh, ac better access to higher echelon of artists uh, just because of because of my native blood and then but then there is that I mean native hip-hop in Canada is dominated by a certain flavor of hip-hop and and uh, I mean like I, I'm not trying to disparage any artists like, I want all native artists to succeed to the highest level that we possibly can but my style is different than most Canadian native hip-hop so I, before my native hip hop gets heard, I think it has other people's idea of what native hip hop is in Canada already in, you know, flavored on top of it before they even get to see what I'm about. And frankly, I'm, I'm about something completely different than uh, somebody in Alberta or Winnipeg. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll kind of define our own success and what we're aiming to do and who we're aiming to, to have hear our music in any way. Yeah. But um, you talked about working with uh, Kenny Starr, who's a great musician, a great friend of mine. Um, if you could work with any artist, past or present, who would that be and why? Well, I mean, as a rapper, I think, as, as a rapper who grew up in the 90s, uh, 
Gary Grice, the Jizza genius, is always going to be just the epitome of what a rapper should be able to do. Uh, I went, uh, I was in Vancouver uh, a little earlier this year, and I went and saw, saw a show of his. And just you know, I mean, he's in his mid 40s, you know, but he's still doing his thing, and he's still he's still writing rhymes like he did. So I mean, if I could if I could do a track with the Jizza, I mean, I think that would be. The epitome of, of what it means to be a hip hop artist. I mean, and I mean, lately I've been I've been listening to a slightly different. You know, I, I kind of shunned modern hip hop. Let's say you know after 2000, I stopped really listening to a lot of stuff. But lately I've been getting into some stuff. You know, uh, I got a beat from Mills uh, in Saskatchewan, and uh, he did a lot of work with uh, guys in California like Lucky. So I was, you know started listening to different stuff like that and. Sage Francis a little bit, you know. So I mean that kind of underground layer of uh, hip hop that's happening now, I think is is where I think you know I would like to fit if I could. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people are aiming to be towards you know within this realm of what's popular because it's the most heard. I don't think a lot of people are doing their things to go out of the way to be a, be on stuff that's actually good or you know on that underground level for sure. Yeah, I mean, well, I personally, I just, I rap about what I want to rap about. I make beats like I'm not a trained musician. I just, I just make noises on a, on my computer, and if they sound good, I put them together, you know. And and I and I get people who I think are talented to try to work with me. And so it's it's really an expression of me. And if I think about you know me and the music that I listen to, that's really that that kind of the world that I that I think I would like to fall into. So, I mean, I'm. Kenny Starr in uh, Canadian hip hop Aboriginal circles, I think, is very much in that level. You know, uh, I I got a beat from Mills, you know, for for a video I did in 08, and he's very much in that level. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what kind of equipment are you working on? Both uh, digital and uh, these traditional instruments as well. Well, I do. I do. Uh, well, for Eskimo centricity, my. Uh, my, I mean, basically, it's a really well put together demo. Let's put it that way. I, I, I used a lot of sampling from uh, Indian music, like India, classical sitar, stuff like that. A uh, really close friend of my dad's has a record label, and he owns all this great, like, masters, like, you know, Ali Akbar Khan, Vilaya Khan. If you look these people up, they are, you know, the Stevie Ray Vaughan of the sitar, you know what I mean? So it's like uh, I got to sample this great music, but... For my for string games, that's the CD out now. I really wanted to try to find my own sound, my own flavor. Um, I use uh, Ableton Live to make my beats. You know, I got some VST plugins to have the good sounds. You know, uh, I have. Uh, I mean, it's basically it's your like basic ghetto home studio. You know what I mean? I got a computer I put together. In, in a previous life, I was a computer technician, so I bought a bunch of parts and put a strong enough computer together you know I got a I got a microphone that right now it's uh, taped onto a, a extendable mop handle so you know you just uh, got to work with what you got to try to get that get your message and your music out there well it's definitely something that we're great at as indigenous people is making something from nothing you know <laughs> yeah for sure and I mean and it really is you know I like I like I said I'm not a classically trained musician of any kind i'd never played the guitar you know i had a bass guitar that sat in my room forever you know i never played it so it's just a matter of finding 
what the sounds that I like, you know, and uh, the people that I like and just kind of really making a like a collection and a collective kind of a deal, you know. Sounds like me. Kenny Starr gave me a guitar like a year and a half ago and I still haven't learned how to play <laughs> one chord on it yet. I can play the Inuit drum, but uh, but that's pretty simple. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that on my resume as a musical <laughs> instrument. <laughs> Word. Uh, what what do you do other what else do you do other than music? Well, I mean, basically, I'm I'm, I'm trying to do the music. I'm trying, you know, if I can uh, if I can do shows and and sell CDs, cool. I'm trying to I'm doing workshops, you know, around town here. Just uh, just being a struggling artist, uh, I feel like right now I got I got to put my uh, all my energies into into putting my message out there. And you know, I mean, if if I have to stop in five years, um, I just want to be able uh, be able to say, you know, I put I put it out there, and uh, the young Inuit artists coming up at least have something that they can look at as uh, a more positive kind of uh, hip hop role model. And uh, best case scenario, you know, Jizz is going to call me up next week, and uh, I'll be touring around with him through Europe, and that's kind of the plan, you know. So anything music related, you know, I workshops and all that so dope dope well you're definitely blazing a trail on that note what advice would you give to some upcoming artists right now about entering the game and 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 doing music for a living it's funny uh you just uh started up your website there and i saw an interview there with uh, <coughs> with uh, alan gray eyes and you asked him the same thing and he said be nice you know what i mean <laughs> and, and i just read that and i was like you know, as, as somebody who's in my early 30s and has been around, I was in the spoken word scene, trying to make music. Nobody, if you want, if you're young and upcoming and you want people to listen to you and you want people to try to, you want to convince people to work with you, be nice, ask nicely. You know, I, I asked Kenny Starr, hey, you like my stuff? If you like my stuff, here's a track I want you to be on. What do you say? And she said, dope and I said all right and that was it you know it wasn't I was nice you know ask nicely yeah yeah you know your first chance to make a first impression right you get one chance so yep and uh it's really true you know uh I've, I've had the good fortune of being invited to go different places and interviewed by different people and do my thing in front of thousands of people and uh, and it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't just you know stood up and said me listen to me you know and you have to do that you mean you have to it's not about sitting in your in your basement making music and trying to get it out you have to go out and you have to make your presence known to the right people yep gotta stand up got a couple questions for you how indigenous are you what are your favorite indigenous foods from where you're from <laughs> well that the easiest thing to say is the stuff that I don't like I mean there, there's a thing you, you put uh, walrus meat into a walrus skin and you put it underground and it gets uh, it gets uh, rancid and old and uh, it stinks and it I'm told it, it tastes really good like sweet and yummy but the smell is just so repugnant you just I, I, can't, I can't get within like 30 feet of it what I love Arctic char it's the best fish I mean if I had a sushi restaurant I'd be ordering Arctic char nonstop. it's the best fish caribou meat it's like it's it's like uh, you have to have it right, frozen right out of the freezer with a sliver of back of the fat off the back. That's delicious. 
Just straight up? Frozen, yeah, a slice, thin slice of frozen caribou, thin uh, sliver of uh, fat from the back. Wow, I'm missing out. Yeah, big time. Um, if there's anything else you would share with the world of indigenous music culture, what would that be? Uh, some of my music, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, Inuit hip hop is, uh, is on the rise. Check out Shauna. She's on Facebook. Hyper T, a couple of other uh, Inuit artists that are coming up. Check out String Games. I mean, I, I, I think it's uh, leaps and bounds ahead of Eskimo centricity uh, musically and lyrically. So check that out, InuitHipHop.com. Check me out on Facebook. And uh, yeah, enjoy modern Inuit culture. Word up. I showed your song with Kinney to my girlfriend and she was like uh, on the verge of tears. So I think you're doing a good thing, man. Reaching people's hearts. Excellent. That's, that's really great to hear. Word up. Well, RPM FM, Revolutions Per Minute, Indigenous Music Culture. This is Oz12. I'm on the line with M.O. I want to thank you for uh, coming out to talk to us, man. It's been a pleasure. Wear it up. Have a great one. You too. Revolutions per minute.